Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for Saturday, the 10th of December, as the Flyers go down in Vegas last night in overtime against the Vegas Golden Knights. Carter Hart spectacular in the game. He deserved a better fate. I mean, he really was unbelievable. Made some great saves. The inside of the paddle save in the third period. And then the save on Phil Kessel, who's knocking on the door inside uh, in the middle of the ice. And he just made some unbelievable saves in the game. 34 shots on goal in total for Vegas. And with the mental strength that he has you know, put on display this year has been amazing. Because that first goal that he gives up by Carrier in the first period... You know, he goes down in the butterfly. It looks like he tracks that puck all the way in, but just maybe he thought it was going to be a little lower in his body and ends up kind of up into his shoulders and almost his mask even and has trouble controlling the rebound, tries to swat it away with his stick and ends up in the back of the net. But his mental ability to reset this year has been at a, a much higher level because he shakes it off and moves forward in the game and played unbelievably you know, it was a weird game because there's three goals scored and all three of them are unassisted. That goal by Carrier, then the awful giveaway by Aiden Hill behind the net to Scott Lawton, who basically banks it off him as Hill's pirouetting. He gets his heel on it, knocks it in the net, and then in overtime, the goal that Marcheseau scores is off a giveaway from Kevin Hayes and no assist there. So three goals in the game, all unassisted. But... A frustrating finish, and this is part of the issue when you're a team that really has trouble generating goals. It's very difficult to win in the NHL when you score one or two goals. Now Vegas won. They scored two last night. But still, the point remains that you got to be able to put the puck in the net. The Flyers just struggle so badly to score right now that games like this where your goaltender is great and all said and done, you hold them to two goals. You should win that game. But, I mean, even the goal that they do score, the Lawton goal in the game, is uh, an egregious giveaway by their goaltender behind the net. For some reason, tries to force that puck up the wall backhanded when he has a clear lane to go out forehand. And Lawton banks it off him. But, you know, not being able to score is a real big problem in hockey. you got to be able to put the puck in the net, and the Flyers are just struggling so badly to do it. There's some guys that I thought had really good games. We'll get to that in a second, but, you know, there was a game a couple weeks ago. I can't remember which game in overtime it was that Kevin Hayes had a giveaway in overtime, and I remember talking about it on the postgame show and talking about it here on the pod, that you cannot force the play on a rush, especially when it's, equal numbers, three-on-three, and all three guys are back for the opposition. If it's an odd-man rush, a three-on-one, a two-on-one, then you can force a play. But if it's an equal player situation, like a three-on-three, where all three of their players are back in defending, you cannot force a play to them. Because, especially as the third forward coming in, or the third player coming in, which Hayes did on both occasions— on the one a couple weeks ago, he tried to force a pass up the right side, and it was intercepted and went the other way. And, I, again, I can't remember who it was. They scored and ended the game. And then in the game last night, he tries to force the pass up the left side to connect me, and Marcheseau reads it beautifully. And the problem is is that you can't take that risk in that spot because 
if the risk doesn't pay off, it's instant death because it's overtime. And you're never going to catch the turnover. You're never going to be able to catch up to the player because they're moving towards you. And when you turn it over and your momentum's going the other way, you're never going to be able to stop and get back in the play and be able to thwart that attempt. And with only three on three on the ice, you have no support behind you. So it's a bad giveaway by Kevin Hayes in that situation, forcing a play. I think he'd be, like I said on that one a couple weeks ago, I think he'd be much better served to pivot to the outside, take the puck out of the zone, regroup, look for an opportunity to get guys moving and create an odd man situation. That's what I think they need to do. I think that's the tactic that works in a three-on-three overtime. You cannot force the issue. Not only that, but if you just pull the puck out, you can even get a change and get fresh legs on the ice while they can't because it's a long change in overtime, which now brings me to my next point. I don't even know how I'm going to get to sleep tonight. It's late. But again, the Washington game, Dylan Strom jumped on the ice too early, ended up setting up Ovechkin for the game winner. Guy wasn't even anywhere near the bench. It was Kuznetsov coming off on that occasion. And I put out the Twitter clip and complained about it. And I'm not a guy that complains about refereeing. But in this overtime again, right before Vegas scores, there's a bad line change. And there's too many men on the ice. Eichel jumps on. I'm not sure who came off. But Eichel jumps on the ice and starts migrating towards his D zone to collect the puck. And the player that he's changing for is has just passed the faceoff dot in the neutral zone. Not even crossed the red line closest to their bench yet. It's not even close to the area where he needs to be for a guy to be jumping on the ice and migrating to the play. But again, it it's frustrating to me because you see a team, you see how much Carter Hart battled in this game tonight in a tough environment against a good team in Vegas, and to be undone by some of those things out of your control. You know, A, the too many men on the ice, and B, forcing a play into the teeth of a three-on-three rush opportunity. Very frustrating. And the Flyers go down. And look, I know this season is not about wins and losses, but it doesn't mean that when the loss happens, like that happened in this game, and now I'm recording this right now at 1.15 a.m. I just got done the post-game show. It's still raw. And it, it doesn't make it any less frustrating. I think you guys know, and listening to this podcast daily, that I'm very level-headed about what this season is. But in this situation, those two things bother the hell out of me. Again, another too many men on the ice and forcing a play that you don't have to force. And that ends up in the back of your net. That frustrates me. I thought there were some guys that played really good games last night. I thought I think we're starting to see Travis Stanheim take a big jump in his play again, joining the rush having that switch in his brain of when to join the rush, when to get back on D, when to become an option, when to push the pace, when not to push the pace. Now, it's not ending up on the scoreboard right now for him or the team. They just have so much, such a hard time scoring. But I think he's playing, we're starting to see his game come back to a, a level that we saw last year. Look, the other thing too, I think Rasmus Ristolainen has been really good on the top pair. I don't think he's a top pair defenseman. I don't think that's your future with him as a top pairing guy. 
But let's face it, Tony D'Angelo came out of the lineup as a pseudo-healthy scratch. Cam York came in. Ristolainen's been on that top pair for a couple weeks now. Maybe the... (laughs) This is tongue-in-cheek, but it's got some truth to it. The way you can tell Rasmus Ristolainen is playing well is when the analytics community is not tweeting about him. Because they're much louder in their critiques of Rasmus Ristolainen when he makes a mistake than they are giving him laud, lauding him for good play. You don't hear the one, you hear the other. And I get it, he's not, he's not an analytics darling, I know. But he's played pretty well of late. I thought he bro- had some really good below-the-bottom-of-the-circle play breakups for the Flyers in, mute the man, take the puck, start the breakout. Several of them in that game against Vegas. I, th- I, I think he's been pretty good. Um, is it sustainable? I don't know. We'll see. But he and Provorov right now are clearly the top pair. And we'll see. I imagine D'Angelo, if healthy, will draw back in coming up Sunday against uh, the Arizona Coyotes. Who comes out, though? Is it Braun that comes out and York stays in? Which brings me to York. I thought York was very good, especially in the first period. I thought York, he made a really good decision at the offensive blue line to keep a puck in play. He made a really good decision to activate into the middle of the ice and had a really good look at the net on a shot opportunity. Got a really good wrist shot off. Just It went just wide. He can snap it a little bit, too. I thought he defended well in the D zone. I thought he moved his feet. He pushed the pace of the puck. I think he did a lot of the things that I remember earlier in the year and at towards the end of training camp in the beginning of the season – talking to Brad Shaw that they said they wanted to see from Cam York they didn't see enough of in training camp and preseason, which is why he started the year with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I think we saw some of those things in the game last night. So he's going to have to build on it. This is a huge opportunity for Cam York because I don't think the original timeline would have had him being called up at this point in the season. Part of it's probably D'Angelo's health and play. Part of it's probably that Zamula looked a little overwhelmed in his last two games. And part of it is that Cam is playing pretty well, putting up points with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. I think he has 13 points in 20 games. So this is a big opportunity for Cam York. This is a time where he can knock the door down and say, I'm not going back. I'm not going to let you send me back because my play is going to be good enough where that's not even going to be a consideration. So this is a big opportunity for Cam York. I hope he takes it. I hope that he doesn't go back. I hope he continues to knock the door down here at the NHL level, make good decisions, push the pace, be aggressive, and and really earn his keep at the NHL level, not for this season, but for good. Because, look, there's a lot of people questioning Cam York. The fact that Caulfield's doing what he's doing with Montreal. The Flyers passed on him twice. They took Cam York. And they took Bobby Brink with the, the extra draft capital. Brink's not playing. York's with the fan. I get it. The optics of it, this is an opportunity for Cam York. So we'll see where it goes. And again, I just want to kind of wrap up on this. The play of Carter Hart. He got a sixth straight start in the game. And the ability to mentally reset is something he's always been ahead of the curve from for a young guy. Always had a very strong mental game. But he clearly this season has taken that ability 
to the next level. He really has. Oh, one other guy I want to mention real quick. I thought really in the first half of the game played well. Didn't pop as much for me in the second half of the game. He's just getting back into the lineup. It's the second game since returning his James Van Riemsdyk. I thought he had some pop early in the game and was really moving his feet well and setting up plays. I mean, he put two on an absolute T for Zach McEwen. If McEwen could finish, oh my goodness. He had two great opportunities and ends up with no goals. But um, JVR did a good job uh, setting him up on a couple of occasions in the hockey game. So the Flyers, they lose in overtime against the Vegas Golden Knights. They'll be back at it tomorrow to take on the Arizona Coyotes, who, by the way, last night beat the Boston Bruins. What a weird league this is. Uh, They beat Boston, and the Flyers will be in Arizona at the university to take on the Coyotes. I I think Felix Anstrom will likely get the start in that game. Like I said, Carter Hart has gotten six straight starts. This looks like a really good opportunity tomorrow for Felix Anstrom to get the nod to me. And then go back with Hart against Colorado, who we just beat at Wells Fargo Center in that 5-3 win. And then wrap up the road trip with Carter probably likely again against the New Jersey Devils. So, game one of a four-game trip is in the books. Next up is the Arizona Coyotes. We'll preview that game for you coming up tomorrow. But everybody, enjoy your Saturday. Um, and we will talk to you. Get some sleep. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Day. Day seems like a good day.